Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this edition of the Flyered Up Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Garcia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. And in some good news, unrelated to this COVID-19 stuff, I am officially a college graduate. I finished my final paper today as we're recording this on Saturday. So I am done with school, and it feels great. You lucky bastard. (laughs) It feels very, very great, but... Unlike in the sports world, it doesn't feel great because we have no sports and it just sucks. <laughs> but it, it, if you're an Eagles fan, it, it equally sucks, I guess, times 10 during what happened at, in that first round of the NFL draft. Also, the second round of the NFL draft. Oh, boy, that was a freaking dumpster fire of what happened <laughs> during the NFL draft. That was just crazy. <laughs> that was so crazy. <laughs> it's amazing just on how pissed off Eagles fans got from the first round to how even more pissed off they got in the second round. It was like, okay, I can deal with this first round pick. He's a wide receiver. He's fast. Even though like there's some little incidents where he can't catch the ball, but I can, I can deal with it. And also CD lamb going to the Dallas Cowboys. That's that stung a little bit because it's Dallas Cowboys. But if you go to the second round, you pick a quarterback when you have your franchise guy making over a hundred million and you pick a quarterback in the second round, and you want to compare this guy to using like a Taysom Hill type of situation, that's just, no. No, no, that's my football rant for today. <laughs> but <laughs> that NFL draft, like, it, it was a while before you got to see anything sports-related and seeing that all-virtual NFL draft. That was nice to see, even though a lot of Eagles fans got pissed off. It was, it was funny, good. because I'm sitting there, and, you know, my... My dad comes up the steps and he's like, and he just he walks in, and he's just he just he's watching it too. And it was the second round, and so it was the it was that Saturday. I said to my dad, I said, "Why am I watching this?" I said, "I could I could care less about what happens." I said, "Why am I watching this?" Like, I think it was because there was it was the only live thing on TV. It was the only live like or I shouldn't say that the live like sports thing, where it was like. Instead of a rerun, that was the only live thing. So I was kind of just like, all right, let me put this on just to see how it was. Because <laughs> I was kind of expecting it would kind of be the same thing like the NHL draft, which is, that's what it's supposed to be. They confirmed that it is now uh, online, and there are many things that are supposed to go on, and it's just going to be a mess. <laughs> like, it's, I... they've been talking about doing it from, before doing the playoffs, like doing the draft before the playoffs, which makes absolutely no sense to me, but mm-hmm. I guess going like for the NHL draft, like I guess the one bright side you got to see Roger Goodell's basement. Maybe do we see Gary Bettman's basement? That'll be the one thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what they'll do with that because he stopped doing it, which was I thought was hilarious that Goodell just stopped because <laughs> he, he probably just got so tired of reading the picks and like sitting there with like, with like all the fans like on the TV and he would like try to like pump them up when they were probably already doing that for like the past like half an hour. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was cool, but like some of it was kind of cringy and funny. Uh, but yeah, I de- mean, yeah if, if we, sh- if we see Gary Batman's basement and he tries to do that thing where like everyone boos him like Adele did, I think that'd be even more cringy just because it's Gary Batman. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever happens will be cringy no matter what. Yeah, like, no matter what. If they go to if they go to announce a trade, that is just going to be awful. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be weird. That'll be weird. 
and, and I don't, do don't even want to think about, about it. And do talk about the NHL draft. So the league did send out a possible condition if the draft were to be in early June. And they're tell and the league is telling all the owners around the NHL to possibly prepare for an upcoming draft in early June if it's going to happen like that. And these are some of the conditions that are going to be in place for this draft just in case it does happen in early June. So say if you're a team and you had a conditional pick in this draft. So the league is going to propose you a solution. So both teams that had that trade going on with those conditional round picks, you would have at least seven days to reform the deal. So where both teams can accept that trade or the NHL will propose you something and you have to accept that. So if you don't come to an agreement between the two teams within the seven-day period, the NHL is going to do something about that. And then in order of the draft selection, so you got the 31 teams in place. So the 16 teams that make the playoffs, technically, if we're doing it like this from a percentage point percentage-wise, those top 16 teams that are in the playoffs, they're going to be out of the draft lottery like usual. So then you would get the bottom 15 teams. They, those teams will be part of the draft lottery. But the draft lottery is going to be changed. It's going to be a change format only for this season. So there's going to be one clear winner in this draft lottery. And the highest amount of spots you can move up in this draft is four spots. So you can't pull a Flyers from 2017 <laughs> and move up to the second overall pick from the 13th pick. So that is not <laughs> happening. So if you're a Detroit Red Wings fan, you're guaranteed at least the second the second overall pick. You're getting one or two. So, and also Chris Johnson posted in retweet to Elliot Freeman's post on this draft. So Detroit, like I said, would be guaranteed number one or two. Ottawa with their San Jose pick that they got from the Evander, what they got from the Eric Carlson trade, they're guaranteed at least three or four. They can go do no worse than those two picks. And if you're New Jersey, Buffalo, Montreal, or Chicago, you cannot jump beyond picks number two, three, four, or five, respectively. So there's no way in hell that the 15th overall pick is going to jump over to the first overall pick. So there, this kind of, in my mind, even though it's only a <laughs> format for this season, it's kind of promoting the tanking-wise. So like, if you're Detroit, you're guaranteed that one or second pick. So if you're tanking, this kind of helps you. If you're not tanking, you kind of get a little bit of not help right here because of the draft lottery setup. But I think I think for this way, like for whatever is going on, I think this is going to work respectively since you got to do it through on. You got to do it virtually. You got to do it digitally. So you got to make things, I guess, as easy as possible to make the draft go as smoothly as possible. So I think this works okay. But Chris, I want to get your opinion on this. Like, what do you? Do you think this is a good format overall? Do you think there's something that could be changed or what do you think? I mean, honestly, I don't know what they can change because like what really is there for them to change? It's like they basically already thought of everything that they could do. And it's not like it's it can't be like the same because imagine if you have a draft or if you have the draft before the before the playoffs and everything and you have a draft just say like it's a 17 draft where the like where like a team from like the low from like the 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 like middle to high like 15s go to the top 3 like imagine if that was to happen in this draft like 
all the all the backlash they get. So I think it's better that they're basically just saying like like I think it's they they're looking at it from the league standings at the time too because it's like okay, you were the worst team in the league, you have to be guaranteed this spot because if they were to move back with all this stuff going on and not even finishing games and stuff like that and teams go up and all this stuff then you know what I mean? So it's like <clears throat> it would it, it would just be a whole mess if they were to change something that realistically they that like that like realistically couldn't be done if it was in a normal situation so it's like i think if they were i think whatever they have now is fine like it's obviously going to be weird but i mean i have no idea what they could do like i I, there's literally nothing i could think of i mean i really don't know how anything is going to work out like especially with the draft because it's like you have these i just don't understand how they're going to do the draft before the playoffs so like I'm thinking about it and like it's like if they if they go by percentages which is what they said does that mean the Bruins get the 31st pick I th- since they I were the think, best team Yeah I think that if they're going to go in if the draft is indeed in the early June if they go in that direction from point percentage yeah the Bruins I think would get the fir- the 31st overall pick and if you're looking at this from a flyer standpoint cuz I just looked at the league standings overall the Flyers are sixth overall in the league, so I think that if the Flyers would land if put in point percentage like around 25, the, 27, right? Yep, yeah, 25, 26, 27 around that pick. I think exactly 26 they would land in the draft lot in the draft itself. It's funny. I actually had them predicted either 25 or 26. Hmm, that's interesting, right there. <laughs> I don't know why. I just did because I didn't have them going like Cup final. I had them like losing in the Eastern Conference final in like six or seven games. That's a good prediction right there, but I guess since for point percentage wise, I guess the Flyers are going to have to deal with that late round pick regardless of what happens. So, I mean, it would be a nice feeling when you get that late round pick because it means you went deep into the playoffs. But imagine if like like this is just the worst case scenario possibility: the Flyers get beaten in round one and they still have that late round pick just because of point percentage wise. So eh, you kind of get screwed. It's it's kind of a you get screwed over or it benefits you. So. Mm. I'm not sure. Not sure. It definitely benefits the teams that are in the worst part of the league because if you got Detroit, you got Ottawa, those teams are just, they suck. So they're gonna get those top picks without having to worry about people jumping over them. And you then think moving that's why they're doing down. it like this, so that like they don't have teams getting screwed over, like they have in recent years. That might be a possibility. And also because in like the last like ten years, they've had got they've had teams like. Edmonton and all those teams like get like number one when that might be like realistically they just continuously got it like New Jersey got it twice in like two two years in a row and this this also kind of makes me think if they're doing it like this I kind of feel like they're not going to return to the season they're just going to go right into the playoffs if they're doing this because it just isn't that what they said already I'm not like they they just haven't confirmed anything yet. Like they're saying, oh, we might start the season again. Oh, we might start with the playoffs. Like they just haven't said anything. It's like the only thing that's definite is like if the season does come back, they're going to have that three weeks worth of training camp to go back to. So like that's literally the only thing that is true, I would think. Um, who knows if we're going back to the regular season to finish off maybe a few games or so, or we're going to start right with the playoffs, with all these like neutral venues and all this crap with the division stuff and like, who knows what is going to happen? That that is just the 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 reality right now. We have no idea what's happening. We basically just it's basically you're just waiting by ear 
Like, you just got to wait for the NHL to possibly confirm something or another sports league to possibly confirm something to possibly make the NHL's announcement even quicker. We're just basically waiting in our lounge chairs in our basements at this point. Like, that that's where we're waiting at this point because we don't know what's going to happen. We just don't. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what to say. It's just... It's it's a weird it's a weird time like we all know this is a weird time that we're in but like I I'm not sure like when it's talking about like remember like the teams that are like complaining like like if we start the playoffs then you have, it screws over the teams that were just in that bubble spot of making like the wild card or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. like th- this might be a format that screws them over like hey we just got into this bubble spot and you're screwing us over with the playoffs and you're also screwing us over with the draft lottery. So if you're the New York Rangers, for instance, and you're basically right on that bubble, and you well, they don't, can get screwed. Yeah, you don't make the. <laughs> I mean, like you don't make the playoffs, and you can't move as high as four spots. So it's like, where do I win in this case scenario? Nowhere. Who cares? It's the Rangers. <laughs> I, I, I'm just stating an instance. Right <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> Say if you're the Florida Panthers and you were on that bubble spot, it's basically the same thing. Like. Hey, you're, you're screwing me over. I can't win the lottery and I can't get into the playoffs. What the hell at this point? Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's a lose lose situation. Whatever happens, it's going to be screwed no matter what. There's going to be some team that complains and bitches and whatever. It's going to happen. Right? Definitely. And there's nothing we can do about it. Absolutely nothing. What do you want them to do? There's yeah. nothing they can do. They're doing the best they can possibly. Exactly. Exactly. There's really isn't much they can do. I'm I'm sorry to the teams that like 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 I can understand like you're pissed off because you were two points out of the playoffs and the NHL might start with the playoffs right away. So like yeah, I can understand why you're upset because you got screwed over because you were this close to the playoffs. But I guess in this instance, it, it's like you're gonna get what you get at this point. Mm-hmm. So if we're now let's move away. From the draft lottery. Let's move into some Flyers news because the Flyers actually have announced something in a signing, actually. So, over the past week or so, a bunch of NHL <clears throat> teams have been signing players from overseas, from Europe, the Swiss League, the SHL, all those leagues in Europe. So, the Flyers have have signed Linus Sandin to an entry-level contract from HV71, and he is the brother of Rasmus Sandin from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's 23 years old. He's a forward. He had a total of 31 points playing for HV71. And it looks like this guy is going to be a nice depth middle six forward that can possibly that could possibly put the puck in the net maybe because I think he scored 19 goals on the season if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yes, 19. He's, he's 19 tied for this. yeah, tied for third in the in the whole usually uh, league. Yeah, so that's a nice pickup there right there by the Flyers. It's a one-year entry-level deal at the maximum, 925000 And like I said, it's a nice deaf pickup. And Chris, what are your thoughts on this pickup by the Flyers? Yeah, I mean, I it, it's it sucks because there isn't many. Uh, like when I heard that they were intending to sign him, I made a video about it. Um, and when I made the video, I was trying to find some highlights. Well, all the highlights were from 1819, and I noticed he had a lot of empty net goals. And mm-hmm. to me, at first, I was like, ah, that, that kind of sucks. There's a lot of empty net goals because you can't really see his, you know what I mean, like his shot or what is something like that. Um, and I thought about it. I said, this really isn't that bad because he's, it, like, even if it's an empty net goal, he's still out there in the last minute of the game. He's trusted by his coach. 
you know, he he's put out, and and it's not like he had like one or two. He I think he might have had three, or maybe five, if I'm not mistaken. That that is probably wrong, but um, I mean, it was crazy, um, how like how much he had, how many empty net goals he had. I I couldn't believe it. So and then I'm watching and I'm and I'm continuously looking at it, and the one thing that I realized was. He had a lot of goals where he went to the net and he had a lot of greasy goals. He was just like a guy that goes to the net, he gets gar- a couple garbage goals, but even still, he had a pretty he had a pretty damn good shot, looked like a good passer. Um, he's right-handed, 6'1", 209 pounds. Um, and it was funny, when you brought up the 19 goals, that was tied for third. And then he had 17 assists for 36 points in 51 games played. Uh, and then all of those were career highs, all, all those tallies, the goals, assists, points, and games played. And then he was plus seven with 15 and a half minutes of ice time. So that's, that's very respectable. A, yeah, that's that's pretty damn good, especially for the Swedish Elite League. It's probably like the third hardest league in, in, in the world, um, with Liga probably being fourth, obviously NHL being number one. But even still, it's pretty damn good. Um, and I, I honestly, it's a good signing. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm thinking he's probably going to be... It's hard to say because I guess it really matters on how his camp is. Um, if he has a very good camp, which I think he could, um, but I think the transition from the Swedish Elite League to the NHL might be a little difficult at first. So it's probably going to be he's going to start out with Lehigh, but I'm not I'm not uh, shooting it down completely that he couldn't make this team out of camp because I think I think you know he's 23 years old, he's got some experience um, and playing professional, so it's like. I'm thinking he might have a good shot here to 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 make the Flyers. Oh yeah, definitely. And like what you said, like it's it's definitely a high possibility that he starts out with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms just because it's that transition. He's playing on an Olympic sized rink and he's transitioning over to the NHL sized standard rink, so that might take some time to get adjusted to. But like you said, even like this guy could possibly surprise in training camp and possibly make a bottom six role out of out of out of training camp. And like, do you think? He participates in Flyers training camp when the season resumes, and he possibly can crack a roster spot going into the end of this season. Like, do you think that's a possibility, or it's like this more of a next season type of thing? I don't know. I mean, I think it's really, I think it really just depends on how how the coaches see him, because I think it might be a little bit difficult for him to battle with all these rookies. Cause like I've said it before, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast cause I can't even remember the last time we did an episode to be honest with you. I don't even know <laughs> what day it is right now. Um, time but, is nothing. <laughs> but uh, it, like they have so many prospects right now knocking on the door. So that's why I kind of thought they could move up in the draft because if they move up in the draft, they can add someone to, to add a little more state, uh, Stability. I cannot speak. Um, I'm sure you know what I'm saying. Uh, th- that whatever <laughs> that word is that makes things more even. Yeah, that word. <laughs> stability. So, yeah, stability. So basically, they could have moved up, but now that they have Sandine, it's like they don't have to move up. And another thing is too is that if they think Sandine can actually move up in the draft, or I'm sorry, if Sandine can make the team, they don't have to move at move up in the draft. They could not sign a couple guys in free agency. They could literally not sign Pitlick. They couldn't, they don't have to sign Grant. They don't have to sign both. Now this could happen where they don't sign both of them. And they maybe go for a guy like Eric Hall, uh, Craig Smith, 
guys that can play a a 2-3 a, a, a center and can fill in pretty cheap. I mean, I looked up Hall's cap hit the other day. He's 29 at 2.75. I mean, come on. If, if you're the Flyers and you're trying to save a little bit of cap with some guys that are probably going to go up, you could go for that free agency right there. And then you also have Sandine. I mean, obviously with the reports on Limblom of him might being able to play next season, I honestly don't know how they didn't even rule that out. Um, I personally don't think he should play, but that's not really the topic of this episode. But even still, it's like there's so many questions, and now that they have Sandine, it just makes me think what they do with the free agency and now what all these RFAs and UFAs they have. Yeah, that's definitely a, a question to answer in a different in a different time. And also, like the good news you talk about, Oscar Lindblom, he's going through his final cancer treatment, so that's definitely a good sign right there. And he wants to get right back into getting ready in hockey shape immediately. Like I can understand where you're coming from. Like you don't want him to get on the ice immediately. Just like give him like some time to heal up even more. But in the end, it's his choice, and I'm assuming he wants to get on the ice as soon as possible. So you know, you can't control a guy's emotions when he really wants to do something. So I, that that's what Limblom wants to do, I guess. So, right. and it's just it's it's great overall just to see the battle that he's going through, even during the time that we're in right now with the coronavirus. He's still going through the cancer treatments and going through his final one. So that's very nice to see right there. So let's get into. Some something else that is fun. So the Flyers, over the past few years, they've had one of the better prospect pools in the NHL. After a very long stretch of like having one of the worst prospect pools, you can thank Ron Hextall for giving us one of the better ones. And Chuck Fletcher is now stabilizing it even more since he's been the GM of the Philadelphia Flyers. And Chris and I are going to go over our top 10 Flyers forward prospects in the prospect pool. So we're going to do this from 1 to 10. And we're going to rank them for one to ten. So, Chris, do you want to start off with who your number ten prospect is in forwards for the Flyers? Sure. Um, so, am I reading through the whole list, or let's am go, I just saying number let's, ten? Let's do one. Let's do one at a time. One at a time. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, at my number ten, I have Maxim Sushko. Um, Sushko, to me, has easily the best wrist shot in the whole system, and I mean it's un real um i think he's very underrated um i honestly it's hard to say with sushko because there's been times where i think he can battle for a spot um and there's just been i i don't really know what it is i don't know if he's just it's it's hard to say um i don't really know what the thing is with him not making this team i honestly think he could um, like very soon, I, I he he could compete for a spot with the Flyers at this training camp. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things. Uh, I mean, he's been injured a couple times. It, it's hard. It's really hard to say because they've also had a lot of other prospects injuries. Uh, Wade Allison's another one that a lot everyone knows. Um, but like, I really like Sushko. I think he can. I think he definitely can. Um, compete for a team this season. That's why he's on my list. Um, I think he's very underrated. As I said, his shot is just unreal. Um, it's just, I don't know what it is. If it's, it, it's just hard to say with him. I don't know um, what he's going to do. If it's, they keep him in the AHL or if he actually makes the Flyers. I would like to see him on the Flyers though. I think he's someone that we've really never seen. It'd be nice to see uh, some of his play at a higher level. Oh, definitely. I agree with you 100%. And definitely, this list was definitely 
very difficult to make because I do feel like the Flyers do have a lot of good forward prospects. It's just hard to pick and choose between every single one of them. Yeah. So I'm going to go to my number 10 forward prospect, and that's I'm going to pick Joe Bryan. And I, I know the whole like situation with Joe Bryan, his first year in the NCAA didn't go the way he wanted to. He was losing a lot of confidence. He got injured during the NCAA tournament, which caused him to miss a lot of games. So he went back to the BCHL to gain some more of his confidence. And he put up some good numbers. He had 66 points in 46 games. And like I know that was like a reach pick for Ron Hextall during that draft because he got Joel Farabee earlier in that draft. So like this was one of the picks where he could reach to. I still think Joe Bryan has that raw potential to where he could be something. But it's like it's it's a potential to where he could be something or he could just be a total bust. So, like, I still feel like he has something there. It's just him finding that confidence to get to that level to where people think he could get to. And, honestly, if he can find his confidence, go back to college and work stuff out, hopefully that'll be good. But that's where Joe Bryan's thoughts for me at number 10. So, Chris, let's hear your number nine. Joe Bryan. Joe Bryan. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That was easy. That was very (laughs) easy. So, I'm going to go to my number nine. I'm going to go with Tanner Linzinski. And his fun with his final year in college, he he did pretty good. He did pretty good. He got 34 points in 36 games. He clearly showed himself as a senior of that team, a leader on that team for Ohio State and signed his entry level contract with the Flyers. And he I, I say he's going to play with the Phantoms more props to be on a first line spot to get a little bit comfortable in the pro level. But I think he could possibly fill in the Flyers maybe like a couple of years down the line as a bottom six type of guy. But who knows with. NHL prospects. Sometimes it's the guys you expect to be in the bottom six role turn out to be a superstar because randomness. And then the guys that you expect to be the superstar of your team to be a total bust. So who knows what can happen with Tanner Lindzitsky, but I put him at number nine on my list. So Chris, let's go to your number eight. Tanner Lindzitsky. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Stop making it so easy. (laughs) But let's get Let's get your thoughts on Tanner Lenzinski first before we go to number eight for me. I like Lenzinski. I think the thing is that he's a guy that reminds me a lot of a Scott Lawton. He's just like, he's, he's got a really good, really good shot as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to him. He's a big guy. He's a nice winger. Um, I think he's gotten bigger in size. I think he's got a, a skill set that's different. Um, he seems like kind of like a third line kind of guy, um, which is honestly like a lot of guys on this, on like the bottom half of my list here, a lot of guys that could fit in like third line. Um, but even still, it's crazy, man. I like Lezinski. I think he's going to be top line with the Phantoms this season. Um, he could definitely compete with a spot for the Flyers. So we're going to have to see what happens, but I really do like him and I'm excited for his future. That is a very definite possibility. So let's move to number eight on my list. It is going to be Wade Allison. So we all know Wade Allison, like over the past few years at college, he got a lot of injuries, ACL injuries and all that crap. But he, he, every time he gets back on the ice, when he finds his confidence, he finds his game, he can score points and score at will. And that's a really good pick right there for the Flyers. A lot of people expected him to sign, to come over to the team earlier in his college career, but with those injuries, it kind of prevented him from doing stuff. And he wanted to win something in, in his college year. So he went back to college, and now the Flyers finally got up to that entry-level deal. And the same thing with Tanner Lenzinski. I, I, I see Wade Allison more of a top-line role with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. 
maybe even making a bottom six role with the Flyers come next season. But th- that there's more to see right there. And Wade Allison, I was very high on this prospect when we drafted him. And I, I can't wait to see what he does. And Chris, what is your number seven on your list? Uh, I have Igor Zerduk. Mm. Um, and this is kind of one that will surprise people, but I frankly don't care because this is kind of just like opinion kind of thing. And really <laughs> anyone, anyone can make their top 10 and same thing with like those top 25 lists. Um, but I pick Zerduk because he, he has such a good hockey IQ. He kind of reminds me of Farabee with that. He's a skilled player. Uh, he, he creates a lot of things through like strong passes um, very good vision. He's able, like, and, and as I said, hockey IQ, we can anticipate very good uh, like plays, but really before they happen. Um, and he is just, oh, God, he, he's got a v- very good wrist shot. I mean, there's a lot of things about him. I mean, this season with, or I'm sorry, an 18-19 season uh, with Victoriaville, he had 65 points in 63 games, 25 goals, 40 assists. I mean, and then he had uh, six points in 11 games in the playoffs. So he he played pretty good. Um, I mean, it, it's I'm excited for him. I think he's kind of underrated. Um, I honestly didn't know much about him before I did some research on him, and I was like, holy crap, this guy's pretty good. So I definitely learned my stuff on him, and I think he's a very good prospect. Um, and it, he's definitely something that he's definitely a guy I could see that could that could slip in uh, maybe in the next couple seasons to you know help out lehigh valley and then come in with the flyer soon oh definitely definitely i agree with you right there and i'm gonna go to my number seven on my list i'm gonna go with Oli lixel from sweden he's one of the flyers sweetest prospects it, like with the like when you play in the swedish league it's not one of those high scoring leagues so like you really can't expect a guy over there to score a, a many amount of points at will because it it's really like you can't expect much from the Swedish prospects. You got to see how they adapt to the NHL game. And his point wise, this season in the SHL, he's got 21 points in 51 games. That's very respectable playing in the SHL. And he's only 20 years old. And it's one of those things where, like, he's very like I haven't seen that many highlights of him, but from what I see, like the little highlights that I get, he get, he gets creative and he has a really good wrist shot when he gets into the slot. I like the shot that he has, and he knows when to get creative at the at the right times. So I feel like he this is a kid that's going to probably need some more development time with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. But I see him possibly being on a like one of those, maybe one of those surprise middle six forwards, possibly in an, in the next few years. But I do like Ali Luxel in the in the Flyers prospect pool right now. So Chris, let's move over to your number six. I have no Kate's. Noah Cates. Noah Cates, very, very good player. Uh, Definitely. He's, and he's actually now, he got uh, assigned to be captain of Minnesota Duluth next season. Mm. Um, and pr- pretty damn good news there. Um, I really do like Cates, very skilled player. Um, he, again, reminds me of kind of like a Raffle, uh, a Michael Lawton, or a Michael Lawton, Scott Lawton. <laughs> Michael Lawton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing myself, man. Jesus. <laughs> um, Michael Lawton, I can't believe I just said that. Um God, now I'm off track. Um, Kate, <laughs> Kate, he's just—he's very skilled. He has his own skill set. It's not like he's you know comparable to many other guys. That's why I compare him to a Raffle, a Lawton. He—he's—he gets like those greasy goals. He's a very good player. I'm very excited for him. That's something I'll—I'll I'll definitely say. 
it, it just amazes me with some of the weight that with the the leadership that he brings and and, and the way he carries himself. Um, I'm excited for him. I think he's going to do good um, in this next season. Hopefully, college can end up playing soon. I don't know what's going to happen there because they've been talking about their season getting canceled. But I'm very excited for Noah Cates. I think he's going to be a real star with the Flyers, and you know, really wherever he plays moving forward. Definitely, I I kind of expected him to be higher on your list just because you interviewed him. So there was going to be a little bit of that bias right there. Oh, since I interviewed you, I'm going to put you top of my list because I like you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put him over Morgan Frost. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go to number six on my list. So you already said this guy, Chris, but he's number six on my list. I'm going to go with Igor Serduk. So mm-hmm. I just like, like you said, I like the way this kid plays And this season. He had 40 points in 50 total games played before the junior season got canceled and suspended for the rest of the season. But I like the way this kid plays and the same thing for you. I, I do think this kid needs a little bit of time more to develop, but I do think he can develop maybe into something like a Scott Lawn because of the way he, way he plays. So let's go to number five on your list. Wade Allison. Wade Allison. Hmm. Really, really, really like Allison. I think he's he had to be in my top five for a reason. Um, he just reminds me of – he reminds me a lot of Jeff Carter. I don't know why. It's interesting. It's very like he, interesting. He, he's got – his shot's very good. Oh, yeah, his um, shot is very good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him, and it sucks because he's had so many injuries – I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's just, it, it's crazy because some of these, like these next four are kind of no brainers. So mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> so that's why I'm kind of struggling to think of what to say here with Allison. Cause it's like, I kind of just threw him in there. It wasn't really like I thought of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, it, you know, I like him. I'm excited for him. I think he could be a solid player. He again, reminds me of like a guy who could play special teams, penalty kill power play. Um, mm-hmm. Probably. He definitely could play both. Um, I don't know what the Flyers would do with that if they were to put him on both or what, but I'm excited for him. I think he's going to be a good prospect, um, and I'm really and just excited to see him tear it up at a different level because it's been too long at this point. Oh, definitely. I agree with you right there. Like like I said earlier, if he didn't deal with those a lot of those injuries early on in his college career, I think the Flyers would have signed him a lot earlier. Uh, yeah, or they would have. He would have came to the Flyers a lot earlier if it mm-hmm. wasn't for all those injuries. So I'm going to go to number five on my list. Chris, you'd already talked about him. You love this guy. It's Noah Cates. So he's number five on my list. So let's hear your number four. My number four, uh, German Rupsov. Hmm. Rupsov is a pure goal scorer and it sucks that he's been injured for so long that we can't necessarily see that in full form. Um, uh, Rupsov, he's, he had a couple games with the flyers this season. I didn't think he played bad back in November. Um, he, I believe his first game was the game they had. They won in the shootout versus the devils, uh, November 1st. Um, and Hey, I thought he had a good game. I think he just needs that chance. And that reminds me a lot of Mark Friedman because he hasn't had that definite chance, either Friedman nor Rupsov, um, to actually stay up and, you know, at least get the minutes to at least contribute a little bit. So again, I, I, I like Rupsov and I think he's got a good future as well. Same. I, I also put Rupstoff on my number four as well. It's just like the kids got so unlucky with injuries yeah. so many times. Like he need, like he needs to play a full season. Uh-huh. To, and like I like his game. He has a great two way game. He has speed, and like yeah. that's one of the things this team lacks is speed, and he has it. Mm-hmm. And he plays a really good two way game, and I feel like he just needs to play that full full season without getting injured and people will probably recognize him more because I, I do feel like he's one of the more underrated prospects in the prospect. Yeah, and, and I and I think he's underrated because he's been injured. Yes. I do feel that too. 
And so, another thing is too is that he was drafted kind of high when it was like the 2016 draft wasn't that great of a draft. Mm-hmm. So it's you know what I mean. So it's kind of and plus the Flyers also had a late pick, um, but even still. Yeah, definitely. So let's move to number three on the top forward prospect list. So, Chris, what is your number three? I have Bobby Brink. Hmm. Interesting. And I have Brink uh, before or after Radcliffe. And I say that because I think I think Brink just needs a little bit more time. He's a very good player. I I loved him at the World Juniors. He was great on the power play. He 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 never gave up on a play. Um, He reminded me a lot of a Danny Briere, to be honest with you. Interesting. Um, he was a very he was just it, it's hard to put it into like a couple words but like he was so good in the corners like definitely he had such a good hockey iq in that tournament he played so well um i think he was one of usa's best players and that might sound biased but it honestly <laughs> really isn't um i mean they had many good guys and they had some guys that underperformed cole caulfield was one of them um, so there was a, there was a lot of eyes kind of looking around, and I, I thought Brink kind of filled that filled that void a little bit there. I thought he played pretty good, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I th- he had a nice tournament. I think he had five points, two goals, three assists in like seven games. He I played pretty so. damn good. He did. Um, so that was when I saw him uh, most recently. But I mean, I'm very excited for him. He's definitely in my top three. Um, when I saw him at the 2018 Flyers development camp, um, he was very unnoticeable i you literally i had no clue where he was on the ice and then when i saw him recently the world juniors i was like oh my god this kid changed so i'm really high on him now i think he's going to be very good i just think he needs maybe one more year or two um to maybe shine a little bit more and then get some more experience under his belt oh yeah i could definitely see that but i'm going to go to number three on my list and that's isaac ratcliffe so i got brink higher than ratcliffe my list i think i think for isaac ratcliffe like even though like this was his first like year of pro hockey, I, I like I I have a very high rating for Isaac Radcliffe because of his final season in juniors with the Gulf Storm, where he scored fifty plus goals in his last year when he won the championship in the OHL. So I'm very high on him. I think he's a like for his height being a forward, he is really good. I think he just needs to craft his game a little bit better with the AHL. And I feel like he could be maybe close to a middle six to maybe even possibly a top six forward with the Flyers and. I feel like he could be a good net front net front presence guy because of how tall he is, and he can yeah. really take away the sight of the goaltender. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what he could develop into. Either either net front presence or in the slot. Definitely. Like Definitely. he he would be killer in the slot, kind kind of like a kind of like a Scott Hartnell. Oh, de- imagine how powerful! Like if he develops, like imagine how powerful his slap shot can be for how tall he is. God. <laughs> that, and that would be that would be not, not even just a, a slap shot, snapshot, anything. Mm-hmm. I like. Just imagine like an old Drew feeding him one timers in the slot. Oh my oh, god, that'd be nice. That'd <laughs> that would be, be gorgeous. Nice. Gorgeous. So I, I would assume number two for you would also be Isaac Ratcliffe. Yes, it is. Hmm. Very interesting. Because I'm gonna go. Like I said, number two for me is Bobby Brink, mm-hmm. and I have Bobby Brink because I think he just has more raw skill than a guy like Isaac Ratcliffe, and I feel like Bobby Brink is that goal scoring prospect that we desperately need. He's. A, I feel like he's going to be a guy like like I do think like you said he needs a year another year of development possibly with the University mm-hmm. of Denver and like hopefully with the season they play it and then after that's done he can come over to the Philadelphia Flyers and develop his game even further but I feel like this kid can be 
a natural goal scorer because I remember when he was drafted, a lot of scouts rated him as the second best goal scorer in that draft. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and as I said, this these lists are literally made just just to make them. Like, I, yes. And it's funny because when I when I told Amadeo about this, I was just like, all right, yeah, let's make this list. Why not? Because I've I've been <laughs> debating on doing it for a video, but I'm I want to clean it up and add highlights and all that stuff. But I want to do it where I have top 10 forwards, defense, and then how I, uh, goaltenders, but I don't think we have 10 goaltending prospects, so I'll just use however many we have. So, like, <laughs> I was kind of just going to do it like that and, like, add all the highlights. And I thought about it. I said, this is pretty damn hard because at first I was going to do it where I was going to be top 25 of the whole the whole organization. I said, holy shit. I said, this is hard. I, I was stuck at 25. <laughs> I was like, who do I put? <laughs> like... I was debating putting Mark Freeman over Morgan Frost. I swear to God. Oh, well, like that's that'll get you a lot of hate. <laughs> I know. And that's why I didn't want to do it, because realistically, Freeman is more ready than Frost. Mm-hmm. Realistically, realistically, yes, he is more ready. Than he Frost. is. So he would be over Frost. So that's why I was like, I want to say it, but I don't at the same time, because I'm going to be caught up like an absolute buffoon. So that's why I didn't do that. <laughs> That's why I separated it by positions, because if I did top 25 with the whole organization, my YouTube channel would have lost every single sub subscriber it would have had in the span of 10 minutes. Oh, oh God, it'd be a dumpster fire right there for Flyers Fan Media 93. <laughs> oh, God. All 365 out the door. Goodbye. See you later. So I guess we can all come to an agreement right here. So the number one guy on our forwards list is going to be Morgan Frost. I can definitely see it right. It, just to make people mad, even though it's a forward list, you put Mark Freeman there just for the shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah, so I have Mark Freeman. Hey, this is a forward list. What are you doing here? <laughs> doing here, you yeah, jerk so off. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like I, like, I know there's going to be some people that say, like, Morgan Frost, oh, he's not a prospect because he's played, he's played in the NHL for so many games Technically, yes, he's played in the NHL, but he was under the rookie minimum. The rookie minimum, he had to play, I think, at least 22, 23 games. He played 20, so he yeah. was barely under it. So right. he is still a prospect in my eyes. And he's he was up and down and up and down. Yes. Did he have his confidence? Was he playing good? Was his hockey IQ good? Was he making stupid plays? Yada, yada, yada. He sent down the Lehigh Valley, and that's all she wrote. Yep, definitely. I and, personally don't think he makes the team out of camp next season. That could be a possibility. And like when you were talking about the Bobby Brink comparison to, to Daniel Breer, I see Daniel Breer comparison to Morgan Frost, but more of a skilled Danny Breer and a faster Danny Breer. Like, yeah. like I know a lot of people compared Claude Giroux to Morgan Frost. I see more Danny Breer and Morgan Frost. I see some... more. I for some. I see more Konechny and Giroux. Hmm. Or I see, see more Giroux and Konechny actually. Uh, that hmm. That's a, that's something right there. Because that's... I think like. I'm, I don't know if I said that this on the podcast. I literally cannot remember. I don't even remember what I ate 20 minutes ago. <laughs> like, uh, it's hard because, like, it's a, definitely a hard comparison because obviously the way that Konechny is on the ice is not the way Drew is. There's many things that are different about them. But the points-wise and the way that they're aging is similar, very similar. Definitely. I might have said this on here before. I think but you have. When when connecting this season was twenty three, he had sixty two points mm-hmm. in in uh in sixty nine games played. 
Giroux had 76 points in when he was 23 years old. In the other 13 games, connecting probably would have got around 10, 15 points, would have averaged around to about 70, 70, around 70, 75, maybe even over 76, closer to 80 if he started to play really good. Um, and that worked at least continued where he was going. Um, but even still, it's like there's a very good comparison there. And I think it, I'm really starting to see it points wise, not so much the way the, they play, but just the way that they're grow, like the way TK grows as a player. It reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of a young Drew. And I think if Konechny can get that long playoff run, he could be just like Drew was in 2010. That's a possibility. Like also for, I think Konechny, like I, I could see the comparison definitely right there, but I think Konechny is better with the goal score because of just how good his shot is. I think his shot is 10 times better than even, Drew has a great shot, but I think oh, yeah, Konechny's connecting shot is just 10 times better. And also, do you possibly see an 100 point season out of connecting in the future? Because, like, he's had in his the next little three bit... seasons, he'll get, he'll get 100 points. Yeah, because in like, one of this, them. like, this season, he's been a little bit up and down, but to still get around that 62 point range and almost, he's like, he's almost on a point per game basis. Yeah. If he can get a little more consistent, there's definitely a chance he reaches 100 points. In the near future, yeah, 100%. so definitely, and, and and that can go for like anyone. Like, how many years do you think it takes Provorov to win the Norris? I would give Provorov. I say I'd, he wins two in the next six. I think it, it's weird for it's weird for me because that's that it because I I think of a guy like Nicholas Lindstrom for Detroit. He. He didn't win up all of his Norses until the later part of his career yeah, when he was in his he won 30s. All, well, didn't he win all seven after he was 31? Yes. That's that's where the dominant part of his career was. Like Even past his prime, he won so many Norris trophies in his yeah. early to late 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't he, see, didn't he win when they won the Cup in 08? I think, I think he did win Norris that year, too. Yeah, it's like I see Provorov more when he gets close, like not right now, because I think he's still too fresh. No, no, no. I think mm-hmm. when he gets more closer towards that tw- 28 to 30 range, that's when you're going to start seeing Ivan Provorov. Like even though Provorov is a dominant defenseman right now, I think when you start to see the defense come all together and the scoring come all together to where it all comes into a Norris Trophy candidate defenseman is more when he gets closer towards his prime. That's mm-hmm. when you're going to see Provorov win a Norris Trophy or two. Yeah, right. Definitely, I definitely agree with that, and I, I think that's kind of the same thing with Hart with the Vesna, because like I, I can honestly see Hart winning the Vesna earlier in his in his age. I could see him winning at like twenty six. I could see twenty five. Twenty, yeah, twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. I, I could, I could see twenty five. Uh, who knows? Maybe next year that could be a possibility. <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, I saw something not long ago that like Rask might retire. I was like, what the hell? That's like I, I feel bad for him. I do. I, I like I, I do I, somewhat. I like as much as I, like I'm a Philadelphia fan. Yes, I'm, I'm supposed to hate all Boston teams. Yes, I, I do. I hate all Boston teams, but the, I, don't, I don't know. There's just this thing with Tuukka Rask that I, I just like him. I and like him too. He's like, a good goalie. He, he gets so much like he gets so much shit from the fan base just because he hasn't won a cup with like even though he won the cup as a backup. Yes, when Thomas was the goaltender, but. Like the the two chances that he got to play in the finals, like it was it wasn't his fault. That it they wasn't gave his up two goals in seventeen seconds. Yes, it wasn't his fault right there. And in the, the cup run before they got to the finals against St. Louis, and even in the finals, Rask was dominant. He was one of the like the sole reasons that they got to the finals. Yeah, 
And he was also like one of the sole reasons that they like won. Like I believe the games they won were the was the reason because of Rask. Besides like game three, yeah. So he, they won game stole, one, and I think he five. stole the series against Columbus. Oh yeah, easily. He was yeah, the it, only reason why Columbus lost because they were able to they they destroyed Tampa with goal scoring. Yes, and like, they, they they just couldn't solve Rask. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing with the Flyers that night. Couldn't beat Rask. Yeah, that's Rask. what it was. Rask is just like as he's been getting older, he's been getting a lot better. Yeah, as a goaltender, like and this... honestly, like he doesn't have to play anymore. He's done everything. Yeah, he's won a Stanley Cup. He's a he's very good a... goaltender. He's one of Vesna. He's yeah, he's one of Vesna. I believe he's thirty four. I th- I think he's around his mid thirties. Yeah. Yeah. So what does he need? I'm sure he's got all the money in the world. You like know? I could, yeah, I could definitely understand if he wants to retire. But Boston, if he retires, you like Yaroslav Halak. Yeah, he's been a good backup for. They also just resigned him. Yeah, they also just resigned Yaroslav Halak to a year extension. But if mm-hmm. Rask retires, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> like they're they're done. <laughs> it, it, it's going to be the the downhill. I I think, I think that when Rask goes, might be the year Chara goes. That that definitely will. I think Char goes before. I think Char is done after this season. Ah, I'd have to think. I I don't know how on God's green earth that that man is still lacing up the skates. I just don't understand it. He wants and that's to really the same thing with Joe Thornton. I mean, it's, but that, it's, it's the different will win. It's, it, wait, yeah, true. But it's different though with Thornton though. He's never won a cup. Yeah, you know, it's Ch- funny too because Char won a cup. It's funny too because Thornton posted on a Twitter today that uh <laughs> he was with. Yeah, he cut his beard off again when <laughs> he had his daughter in the video. It was like, oh my god, like, oh my god, he he just shaved off the entire thing again. Like, I feel, I feel like you got to feel bad for Joe Thornton. He's been a a great player in his like a dominant player in his like. He's definitely a Hall of Fame player. As but... much as like I hate saying this, what I kind of do feel bad for Lundqvist. Uh, I as I much as I hate saying it, I feel bad for Lundqvist every day of the week. I mean, it's like I I get it. I'm a Flyers fan, and all, but from like a hockey perspective, it's like, Jesus, man, this guy is just has the worst luck, mm-hmm. the worst luck, he... like unreal, man, unreal. Mm-hmm. Like, because... it's funny because I don't see them getting rid of him. That it, I don't see the Rangers getting rid of Lundqvist either because he's just not as good as he once was. He's Getting towards the end, they're end probably going to screw him over, and they won't trade him. Definitely, where not. he can't win a cup. Definitely not. Because what's their point of trading him? They don't have anything solidified back there to actually make a move to get rid of him. But they they got Shesterkin, they got Georgiev. I guess that's the one two punch they want to go. If I know a lot of people but, are very high on Shesterkin. Is, is do you go? But how do you go from Henrik Lundqvist, who's one of the greatest goalies of the the last decade, right? mm Hmm. Two, two young goalies that you don't even know who's the backup. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's like, how do you do that with trying to trade him? I don't see them getting rid of him. And I hate saying it because if he, he, he is the, before Ovechkin won the cup, he was the second best player to never win a cup. Yes. Now he's the first. Now he's the first. I don't even I, know who would be a second. I, would have to be Joe Thornton. I put Thornton above Lundqvist, but Lundqvist would... It, those two are definitely the top two. The best players to not win the cup. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to... Th- like, who else is one of those guys just to be the best players and not win it? Like, I can't... Like, I know there's, like, a ton of them. 
Well, I, yeah, Drew was one of them, yes. But Drew Drew has a lot of years left in his career to win a Stanley Cup, and he's definitely going to do it. Like, mark my words, he's going to win a cup with the, as the Flyers captain. And then all and then all those hateful speeches towards Drew are going to dwindle away. Just They're, like they would Ovechkin. Yes. It's it's going to be the same thing. All those hate speeches towards Ovechkin. Now he can't do it. He can't get out of the second round. He chokes so much. He finally won the cup. All that all that crap with Drew going to go away once he wins a cup. Yep. Even though like a lot of people say, oh, he doesn't have as many cups as Crosby. He's not Sidney Crosby. No, no one's Sidney Crosby. No one is Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby is the best player of this generation. No yes. one's going to come near Sidney Crosby. No. Don't compare Drew to Crosby. I hate that argument. I hate it, too. Especially when Flyers fans do it. Yep. It just Ugh. it's crazy. I hate it. Yep. Because and, I as much like I hate Crosby when he plays the Flyers. Any other team, I could care less what he does. Yeah, I love Sidney Crosby. Like, like it's a sin as a Flyers fan to say you love Sidney Crosby, yeah. but I love Sidney Crosby. I have the most respect for him. It's the, funny. Too. I like, literally have the utmost respect for him. He's a great like, player. Yeah. It's like I hated young Crosby just because of the way he was and the way he acted. But yeah. as Crosby matured. And he got older into his prime. I love Crosby. Yep. I love him. Because he's a great player. And yeah. it's like any given night when he doesn't play the Flyers, I'll, I'll watch any game. Any mm-hmm. game. I just... honestly, he's probably the only Penguin I like. I hate yes. Malkin. I hate Latang. I hated Flurry. I hate Matt Murray. Christ, I hate Matt Murray. <laughs> uh, God, I can't even think who else. Um, I hated Kessel. Hor- oh, my God. Hornquist, that bastard. <laughs> there's so many others like it's just unreal I, I can't stand I, every single one of them besides Crosby I don't know I, why I know there's definitely many Pittsburgh fans that will say the same thing about the Flyers I hate Drew I hate Voracek I hate it Wayne Simmons I hate Travis Konechny the little bitch but like, <laughs> that's definitely what they'll say about Travis Konechny but still who cares but, yeah, who cares take and off that, the earmuffs you nerd that is definitely a who cares. And we are getting towards the end of this Flyered Up podcast episode. So, in summary, the NHL draft might start in June, might start as late as the end of the season, which could be November. We have no idea. The flyer side line is Sandine to a contract, brother Erasmus Sandine. And we went over our top prospects, and we also stated that Claude Drew needs to win a Stanley Cup. So, <laughs> basically, the summary out of that whole thing that we just talked about, Claude Drew just needs to win a Cup. That's basically it. So... For this episode of the Fired Up Podcast, I'm your host, Amadeo Gracia. He is Chris Mayer, and we will be back in the next episode, so stay tuned.